Discover how to be a better boss in the virtual world, how to get the best out of your staff, and how to perform together as a team to build your online company. Hey everyone, welcome to the ins and outs of outsourcing, where we bring you enlightenment in offline and online outsourcing from around the globe. Whether you have a VA in the Philippines or employ a web designer in India, learn how to work together with your team to be a dynamic duo, whether you have a company of two or 200. Here's your host, Esther Anderson. Hello, folks, and welcome to the very first episode of the ins and outs of outsourcing. And I'm pleased you dropped by and hopefully you can find something of value for you and your team. My name is Esther Anderson, and I've employed virtual staff for many years. I come across many people who are either new to employing virtual staff or have had bad experiences, and I get asked, how do you know what kind of person to interview, where to employ them, how to train them, and the biggest factor, how to trust them. After all, you don't get to see them in the flesh or sense their personality via Skype. So I'm going to share with you how you can build a virtual team that reflects not only what your company stands for and works with you and understands you, because believe it or not, the biggest factor when employing outsourced staff is not them, it's actually you. During the podcast, we will meet people on both sides of the fences, the entrepreneurs and businessmen using outsourcing and continuously growing their companies, and the virtual staff who have gone from being remote to required. You cannot have one without the other, and the staff themselves are at the core, at the heart, if you will, of your business. We will discuss countries and cultures, methods, software, tools to use, pay rates and expectations. We welcome your feedback too, so don't forget to go to our Facebook group and ask your questions, and we would love to answer them on our podcast. The definition of outsourcing has changed too. Many of the bigger companies now outsource their own HR department. So instead of being directly employed by them, you're employed by an agency. You're being outsourced. Many of the big insurance or utility companies, especially the phone companies, outsource and they go to countries like Philippines, South Africa, India. They're the popular ones. But today, we're not going to talk about the big companies but the smaller ones, you and me. Outsourcing when you start out is the luck of the draw. Imagine the odds. You're on the other side of the world. You do not speak the same base language as your employee. You have different work ethics, different customs, different experiences, and the big one, different understandings of the same word. So you advertise, you sift through the applications, and then you select someone. Is this a keeper? or a do for now. Think about going for a job in your own country where you know exactly who your boss is, what work they want you to do, and you and him are already on the same wavelength. Really, you were just checking out to see if you click and you like the money. Now think of doing all that with a blindfold, bad writing skills and no understanding of who is reading what you're writing. And why do you do it? The money. You think you can pay someone 10 cents in the dollar without employing in your own country. Well, sometimes it works and a lot of the time it doesn't. In my case, when I first advertised for someone is because there was no one else in my small town in here in Australia that could provide the skills I needed. Then when I looked further around, starting within Australia, I couldn't afford it. 
And I mean, I would need to pay a bookkeeper a minimum of five hours a week, a designer five hours a week, admin staff 10 hours a week. But I didn't need so many people and I know I certainly couldn't afford it. And also because I was a home-based business, I didn't want staff coming to my house as such to, to work. That just wouldn't have been a good environment. So that all contributed to the reason I went offshoring. Yes, I had a few bad dates, but just like any couple, there were quite a few where we clicked and got it right. Out of the original five that I hired, I still have two that are the backbone of my company, and this is going back about five years ago. Was it planned that way? No, I got lucky, very lucky. I wrote my ad for an online job portal, and they actually picked me first. That wasn't a very good job ad back then anyway. Since then, I've written many job ads, interviewed both for my own company and on behalf of others. I've employed directly and gone through agencies and seen what works and what doesn't, and the many problems that people have, both as employees and employers. I regularly travel overseas to train my staff and to train other employer staff as well. One of the biggest things is actually training employers on how to get the most out of each person within their company. After all, if your own staff are not on your side, then there's just another roadblock to building your company to the heights that you dream of. I have built several successful virtual companies, always with an offshore team, and they're highly skilled professionals. And because of that, I'm always asked how I do it. This ultimately leads me to where I am today. By laying the foundations and training people, bringing them together, they built a company with guidance from myself, but with them bringing it all together and inspiring in them the same vision I had. And in fact, they took it to the next level. Don't ever underestimate the people that work for you. So when you're in an office together, it's very easy to build a relationship you see people every day, you chat around the water cooler, you see photos of their family and their pets and actually see their faces. You can read their faces. So what happens if you take all that away? How do you get connected to a remote, faceless person whom you are scared to give orders to, wondering how they will react and do they actually understand what you are saying? Anyway, for example, when I first started giving them tasks, my VA would say, noted. After the third time, I thought I've really offended her. In the Philippines, though, they say that as message received. In Australia, it's like if you say noted, it's all right already. You don't have to tell me again. We laugh about that one today. I may be at my desk in a quiet office in my country, but we have people online all over the globe. And so there's always conversations going on messaging, calls, groups. We phone each other and have a quick chat. I'm never alone or lonely in my own virtual office. It's quite a busy little hive. So how do you build your relationships with your team so they get to know you and understand you and then in turn makes your life easier work-wise? Well, we'll cover all that and more in future episodes. But if you put on the flip side and say, how do you think it feels from their side of the world? Receiving work from a blank face with a task sheet, sketchy instructions, and then when they finish, they get a, that's good, and a paycheck. 
working remotely can be very lonely for them too. Think of the flip side of the people you're employing. What makes them tick? Why are they actually doing this, working outside a regular employment job or taking on additional work after hours? I go to the Philippines quite often and while I'm not based full-time there, I go there to train my staff and also for them to train me. I start off the training session with explaining my company background and then their role within it. I explain how important what they do is to people back home and I even explain what is back home, complete with videos, demographics, explain, you know, it's like where I lived. I could fit the Philippines three times inside of my area of the state in Western Australia and we have a population of 65,000 and they had a population of 900 million. Totally different concept. So why would someone like myself starting out an agency employ from a foreign country and not from my own? Well, because I couldn't get the skill set, that was the biggest thing. And I would need an assortment of people only at certain times when work was busy enough to justify them. The first two countries that I employed from just happened to be India and Philippines. I did not deliberately look for those countries. And in fact, my staff in the beginning actually employed me. They, They came to me, not me so much going to them. So where do you start? Well, over our next episodes, we'll cover all the different aspects. What country is best for what industry and is there a difference? How do you go about advertising for them? Or do you just look for a featured candidate? Do you go through an agency or a job board? And the most commonly asked question has to be, how much do you pay? And we'll have a whole episode dedicated to that. Then when you employ someone, how do you create an environment to be somewhere that they actually want to work? You being the person they want to work with and then having them help you grow your business. There's so much to cover, so much to learn, but I tell you, it is the most rewarding way to build a company in the online space. I'm Esther Anderson, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode in our online journey. See you then. Head over to our website, insandoutsofoutsourcing.com, to check out all the resources available for you and your team. Connect with us on Facebook and ask your questions in the group. We look forward to you joining us next time on the Ins and Outs of Outsourcing.